The lives of the saints are adventures of faith, inspiration, mercy, and love for God. Which saint guides your spirit? Whose life inspires you to step out into your community and spread hope? This is Saints Who Lead Us with me, Catherine Laguna. Hey guys, it's Catherine and welcome back to the Saints Who Lead Us podcast. Thanks for listening to the show and all the other ones that we have on Faith It Radio. We hope that we're bringing you good Catholic content that will renew your spirit within the Lord and help you grow closer to him. Um, I saw the amount of downloads Brother Adam had in his podcast about his vocation. Thanks for checking it out. It was inspiring to hear the love and commitment he has for God, and I hope that it served you a good purpose as well. But just in case you missed it, I think I posted it a few days before Hurricane Irma came along, so there was too much madness going on at that time. So it's okay. You can totally download it off of iTunes, Google Play, or just visit faithfitradio.org and click on the Saint to Lead Us page. So, the Feast of Saint Ignatius of Antioch, October 17th. It is known that Saint Ignatius of Antioch is one of the most important apostolic fathers of the church. Apostolic as in referring to the apostles. And in the church, these apostolic fathers are known for their major contribution to the church's theology. Hence, the seven letters of St. Ignatius, just in case you didn't know, he wrote seven letters. So we'll get into his letters in just a second. But I think that for most of us, we know St. Ignatius for the way he chose to leave this world when he faced the lions in the circus of Maximus. So you see, in the year 107, Emperor Trajan visited Antioch, and he forced the Christians there to choose between death and apostasy death or the abandonment and renunciation of a religious or political belief. That's the definition. I had to look it up because I too learned so much from all these podcasts on Faith Fit Radio. <laughs> so St. Ignatius stood boldly to what his options were, which I don't really think he had any options to begin with. Ignatius did not even consider denying Christ, and so he was condemned to be put to death in Rome. Now here's where his story truly unfolds. On St. Ignatius' long journey from Antioch to Rome, he wrote the seven letters. This is also one of the things that he's known for. I think this is one of the reasons why he's an apostolic father. His letters are just so full of spiritual content, you know, to help us to see life in a different light. So these seven letters that he wrote, he wrote them to Christians of Ephesus, Magnesia, Tralis, Rome, Smyrna, Philadelphia, and to Polycarp, which Polycarp was the bishop of Smyrna. And there's so many different themes we can grab from St. Ignatius writing. Um, there's stuff about praising the clergy and their, their great help within our church. Um, beware of false teachers, Christ's passion, death. He, you know, he was going to death, so a lot of his writings was um, his understanding of what's going to happen to him. and um, But for me, what I continue to take away each time I read them, it's unity, faith, humility, and love. So I wanted to focus on those themes, and maybe down the line I'll revisit each letter for additional St. Ignatius podcasts. 
Now, if you want to find a copy of these letters, EWTN does have them on their website, and they're super short. I mean, if you could read Harry Potter's complete series five times over, this is a piece of cake. That's sort of along the lines of what my family loves telling me at home. I think it's rude. I love reading fiction too. <laughs> now, I will give you a little bit of a warning though. His letters are written in that old English I like to call kind of like Shakespeare. <laughs> so I toned it a little down to get the 21st century lingo in check for the rest of us. <laughs> so in St. Ignatius's letter to the Ephesians, the first one he wrote, I found chapter 4, 10, and 14 to be very uplifting. And I actually think I'm only going to cover this letter in this podcast too. So in chapter 4, he tells us that man by man become a choir, being harmonious in love and taking up the song of God in unison. May we with one voice sing to the Father through Jesus Christ. So don't those words resonate a little bit with everything we're dealing with these days? Are we being harmonious in love? Is it always that I'm right and you're wrong? Your problems don't directly affect me, so I don't really need to care. Are we seeking to unite people or to divide? But I will say I have seen so much humility and unity in helping those impacted by the hurricanes this season. I mean, a few weeks ago, we had the mass of solidarity at Mary Queen, collected necessary things with the help of Catholic charities. And it's all with the effort to help Puerto Rico. If I really think about it, most of my family lives in Puerto Rico. So it meant so much to me and others throughout Central Florida that people actually came and wanted to help out. And that's what life sometimes is all about, helping our fellow neighbor. And that's the thing about natural disasters or even sudden tragedies. That's when we see people unite, love harmoniously. So in a bigger scope, though, couldn't we try to extend that unity outside of when bad things happen in our world? And I know that we can do this. You see those videos all the time of people helping strangers, and it's such a beautiful thing for us to see all the good that humanity still has to offer. Okay, so moving on to chapter 10. St. Ignatius tells us, See that people be instructed by your works, if in no other way. Be meek in your response to their wrath, humble in opposition to their boasting, to their blasphemies, return your prayers, in contrast to their error, be steadfast in the faith. And for their cruelty, manifest your gentleness. I think many of us young adults can practice to be more reserved and humble in opposition on Facebook, if anything else. Unless you think our parents are logged in more than we are. <laughs> Lately, I feel as though people's wrath in this and their responses to others have gotten pretty out of hand. I mean, the other day on the news, on my newsfeed, I saw someone post an article. It could have been something political. It could have been about Puerto Rico. I just really don't remember. Because the point is, the discussion turned really vicious among the few people that were commenting back and forth. And it was no longer like a forum to share what I think of the particular situation or to even let me hear their thoughts. It was more about outdoing the person's previous comment. 
So by Comet 20, I think all purpose was really lost. And that's the point that Sagan Ignatius is trying to highlight in Chapter 10. There will always be people who, who want to pick a fight verbally or through a computer screen, but we have to be meek in our response to their wrath. We have to be humble in opposition. Sure, it's easier said than done. Life challenges us. It's within those challenges that we have to find a way to share our thoughts and ideas without diminishing others. And then that's when we can truly communicate different points of views. Think about that. It's an interesting thought. All right, now that we cover chapter four, chapter 10, the last one is chapter 14 from what I found very interesting of the letter to the Ephesians. And St. Ignatius tells us that for the beginning is faith and the end is love. Now these two being inseparably connected together are of God, while all other things which are essential for a holy life will follow after them. So this is for me. Without faith, we can't sort of go on to the next step of our spirituality. And having faith is sometimes going in blind. It's believing without seeing, in a sense, like in the movie Santa Claus with Tim Allen. If those characters didn't believe in Santa Claus, then they couldn't really see the beauty, the magic of having faith and what love can be like. Well, for us, that beauty, that belief is in Jesus Christ. Everything else that comes with believing in his presence in our lives will follow that trust and that love that we have for him. And the hands for us. And St. Ignatius tells us that all we have to do is take that leap of faith. As scary as it is, as you know, not guaranteed as we might feel it is, it's necessary. And that allows us to grow closer in Jesus' unconditional love. And that's exactly what St. Ignatius did. A man born from Syria, the third bishop of Antioch, was then brought to home and exposed to the wild beasts. But he remained faithful to the very end. And I think this is a great way to end the episode with these last words of St. Ignatius. If what our Lord did is a sham, so is my being in chains. Why, then, have I given myself up completely to death, fire, sword, and wild beasts? For the simple reason that near the sword means near to God. I hope in just these few chapters of St. Ignatius' first letter, out of seven, it will give you some clarity that we have not only to be called Christians, but to be Christians. Okay, just kidding. That was another one of St. Ignatius' words, but I promise that was the last one. But seriously, we can be Christians. We can be Catholics by being united in the faith and love, love, love above all things. Thank you for listening to Saints Who Lead Us. Until next time, have a fabulous day.